You're listening to a Big Finish production. <laughs> yes, quite so, quite so. <laughs> Please, could you just uh, let us through? There's a good um, you. What's happening? Uh, uh, slight miscalculation, that's all. Slight? Can you stop it? Well, what do you think I'm trying to do? That switch, Susan. The cradle compensates. That's the one. Throw it, throw it. Quick as you can. I'm trying to. It's so hard. I can't. it. Pleased to meet you. I'm Barbara. And I'm Susan. This is the Big Finish Podcast, nostalgic for the 22nd of July 2018, because it's very nearly the past already. Allow me to welcome you to Big Finish's world of audio books and audio drama. I'm Benji Clifford and here's Nick Briggs. Lovely day, old Beam. Well, it's spiffing, old chap. Well, it sort of is. I mean, it's actually <laughs> utterly mis- miserable out there. It's grey. The clouds are grey. No. It's, it's ghastly. It's yeah. Gr- oh, it's, it's gorgeous here. The world is almost black and white for me out there. It's, uh, it's not, not. You are not the, the monochrome nice. man. I <laughs> no, it's lovely here. I'm surprised. There's so many birds and seagulls around. I'm surprised you can actually hear me. I can. I can hear the, the seagulls at, at, at intervals. I must admit, but out here, no, you can't see anything. Um, but yes, you know, it doesn't matter because, you know, we've got a great podcast, and so here is the lineup. In a moment, the latest releases with review quotes and clips. That'll be followed by the Big Finish news and mm. listeners' emails. Love an email. Ooh, I do. And then we'll delve into the world of competitions, announcing a winner and setting a new competition. All very exciting. Yes, that's all in the listeners' emails bit. And then we'll delve behind the scenes of this month's Big Finish Originals production, Jeremiah Born in Time by Nigel Planer. Uh, we drama-teased it last week, so nip back and have a listen if you missed it. And this this week we speak to the actors, the writer, the script editor, the producer, all sorts of people. <laughs> <laughs> and following on from our Jeremiah delving, uh, it'll be time for the Randomoid Selectatron. It's, yes, random. it's random. It's random. It's random. You know, who knows? Uh, you Ooh. know, our entirely improvised Odyssey. Paul McCartney there? Well, you know, that was almost a Paul. You know, I'll go into it now. It's, it's going to be wonderful. You know, I love it. It's probably my favorite, you know. If only you did Beatles songs, then, you know, it'd be the best. But only ones by me, you know, Paul. The others are great, but, you know, I'm I'm arguably my favourite member of the Beatles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Paul. Cheers for that, Paul. Um, but yes, of course, you know, we've got the Randomoids Electrotron. It's, it's, it's essentially, it's, it delves into our back catalogue and plucks out a little uh, a little release for your ear Ooh. thing and the bobbies to enjoy. Uh-huh. And where we'll end up, well, who knows? Mm. Well, no, nobody does. Nobody. Arguably not even after we've done it. Uh, then our <laughs> drama tease is the first 15 minutes of volume two of our first Doctor adventures starring David Bradley, Jamie Glover, Claudia Grant and Gemma Powell as the Doctor Ian, Susan and Barbara. The story is... The Invention of Death by John Dawley. And it's one of the most delightfully alien Doctor Who stories you're ever likely to hear. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that, yeah. He likes Can't that talk today. Um, yeah, so why not That's going to be a off? problem for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I see, you know, just write that down. So to start us off then with this big old whoosh of excitement, let's have a look at the latest releases. 
This week we're taking a whirlwind tour of the following freshly released Big Finish beauties. Torchwood, Instant Karma, Torchwood, One, Machines, Nil. Oh. <laughs> uh, Star Trek Prometheus and of course Callan, which I'll mention to anyone, anytime at the drop of a metaphorical or indeed real hat. Do you see my real hat here? Oh, that's a very nice hat there. It's very, my Panama. Very yeah. Sylvester McCoy. Well, it's uh, it's not. It's more like a Peter Davison one, I suppose. It I is suppose a Panama. It is actually, it's yeah. one that rolls up. It's uh, I bought it in the local milliner's. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Well, a, a couple of years of, ago. The beauty of those is you never have to worry if you're on a train and somebody sits on it. You don't have to worry. It always goes back into its shape. Mm, yeah, I wish it was that. Uh, I wouldn't like someone to sit on it. So no, no, I don't way. think anybody anybody would really. No, interesting one. No. Has anybody sat on your hat? Uh, you know, message in. <laughs> Write to us at podcast at Write us at podcast at hats.com. Um, the hats cast. <laughs> we killed him, didn't we? I think so. Yes. That feeling. So powerful. You felt amazing. I know. We could do anything, couldn't we? So we're talking about uh, Instant Karma here. Blog to Who says Instant Karma cements itself as one of the strongest stories in Big Finish's Torchwood range, with Simon becoming a personal favourite Torchwood villain. To hear Naoko Mori as Toshiko Sato is a pleasure, as she always turns into a stunning emotive performance. The sound design throughout is exquisite, with the most minute of details really adding to your enjoyment of the story. Oh, lovely recommendation there. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Torchwood One, Machines. Yvonne Hartman. <laughs> Yvonne Hartman. Yvonne Hartman. Yvonne. Yvonne Hartman. Yvonne Hartman. Yvonne Hartman. Yvonne Hartman. Yvonne Hartman. On Twitter, Samuel Maleski whose handle is far too rude to read out here, says, I've had mixed thoughts on this year's Torchwood output, but damn, I joined Scribs, whoever Scribs is, in saying Torchwood One Machine is one of the best things Big Finish has done in the last year. Matt Fitton, Gareth, David Lloyd, Tim Foley, love ye. Oh, lovely stuff there. Sci-Fi Pulse here says, Tracy Ann Oberman and Gareth David Lloyd are spot on and superb as ever, leading an equally marvellous supporting cast. With that supporting cast, I must mention Nicholas Pegg and the Big Finish sound engineers. Uh, sound designers. Sound engineers are the guys who, who record it. And, uh, the sound just being des- uh, pedantic. Sound, the sound designers are the guy that mixes it. So a sound engineer does a gig. The sound designer actually only does what we do. I'm talking too much. But yes, um, it says here they came up with exactly what Votan or Wotan or Wotan uh, would sound like. Uh, and and tied the whole experience together. Big finish. Oh, I get it. Big finish is required. Quiet. Ianto Jones. My name is Yvonne Hartman, and I work for an organisation called Torchwood. You are. We've had our eye on you for some time now. Me? We need someone of your type to carry out a very sensitive undercover mission. Bunch of scientists built a supercomputer when Doolally tried to take over the world. Like I say, it was the 60s. They were on a mission to seek out new life and new civilizations. 
and to boldly go where no man has gone before. As you know, uh, we kind of snuck Star Trek Prometheus out. It's a single voice audiobook reading. Naturally, we'd have loved to have given Star Trek the full big finish treatment, but rights are rights, and this is the only thing we were permitted to do. It became available to us, and we couldn't turn it down, could we? And it's nice to know that one of its authors likes what we've done. Christian Humberg, co-author, said on the Twitter, Alec Newman, who's the reader of the novel, I'm one of the authors authors of star trek prometheus started listening to your rendition of it for big finish this morning very pleased with the results thank you nice time now to give you far too much detail about callan <laughs> because we love it mm. i'm biased naturally since some i'm in it nice bit about our briggsy here actually from we are cult Elsewhere, Nicholas Briggs Hunter, the ruthless controller of Callan's unit, the section, is vocally somewhere between John Carlson, who played, uh, who seemed to play a villain every other week in the Avengers, and James <laughs> Faulkner, the corrupt solicitor in the first series of late 1970s private eye series Hazel. Just the right side of Arch, Briggs ably matches the standard set by previous distinguished hunters like Ronald Rand and William Squire. It's very egotistical of me to include that quote, of course. Well, Will you ever not? forgive my towering arrogance? It's just, uh, I just want to celebrate. I, I was, I was so scared playing that role, you know. And um, anyway, uh, they also made this rather interesting observation, which I thought was worth reading out. In the cast interviews, one of the actors compares this version of Callan to the ITC adventure series Randall and Hopkirk, deceased, which featured the chummy central uh, trio of Mike Pratt, Jeff Randall, Kenneth Cope, Marty Hopkirk and Annette Andre, Jeannie Hopkirk. To long-term Callum fans, that will seem like an odd comparison, but I can see why it's been made. The nastiness and ambivalence in Callum's character that so distinguished the TV series from other contemporary fare is largely absent here. Peter Mitchell has gone with his father's view in the 1960s and 1970s novels that deep down Callum and Lonely were genuine friends. Here, that attitude extends to an adversarial but respectful relationship with Hunter as well as a big brotherly, if spiky, rapport with Mears. Toby Mears, that was. In Liz, the agent now has both a confidant and emotional support. Whatever the vintage, however, Callan remains as compelling as ever. As Lonely would probably say, Big Finish have played a blinder again. I kind Ooh. of did uh, Frank Skinner's Brummy accent there. I should that was have done good, that. actually. I must admit, <laughs> I thought you were challenging Mr. Skinner Kellen, rather Mr. Well. <laughs> One of my favourite things at the moment is an email from Callan scriptwriter Peter Mitchell, who is the son of the late Callan creator James Mitchell, who was very nice about everything on the release, including my work. Some great insights into Hunter, the character, which I'll be fully drawing upon when next we record, which I hope is quite soon. I don't know when it is, actually. But, uh... Enough self-indulgence, Briggs. Pull yourself oh, together, sorry, man. Sorry. Pull yourself together. That's better. That's better. better. Now, more latest releases next week, but that is all for now. Any road up, time now for Benji and I to dash over to the newsroom of our minds for the Big Finish News. Well, that was very, very nicely done. To the newsrooms of our minds. Was that the windmills of my mind? I don't know. Uh, this week's headlines then. The uh, do- Just talking now. Doctor Who Short Trips, The Darkened Earth, the trailer. Doctor Who The Early Adventures, An Ideal World, the trailer. Another tease from The Time War. 
the 11th Doctor Chronicles out in August. Ooh, lots of lovely stuff there. And so to Doctor Who Short Trips, a fabulous range of Doctor Who adventures produced by Ian Atkins, uh, giving you a glimpse into all sorts of mind-bending story possibilities as told in single voice recordings performed by the cream of our Doctor Who acting talent. Uh, coming very soon is The Darkened Earth by John Pritchard and performed by Miranda Raisin, who, of course, plays Sixth Doctor companion Constance Clark. Mrs. Constance Clark has faced perils on many planets, but now she finds herself in the most dangerous place on Earth. A place like home, yet terrifyingly different, where ordinary decent folk might hand her over to a dreadful fate. And as night falls, she and the Doctor realise that something is on the prowl outside, a creature darker than the dark. And hungry yes <laughs> it's that owl every time i do something spooky you do an owl noise. has to be done has to be done <laughs> never to you be shot seen the again owl. you you swine how you owl, how shoot how up. very dare you <laughs> here's a sneaky peek of the darkened earth i opened the door and stepped into the sunlight it was a summer evening warm and quiet we were in a field beside a narrow lane. Birds were singing in the trees. I turned and looked around me. After all the amazing sights I'd seen, I could only think, this blessed plot, this earth. And we're in England, I asked. Naturally, the doctor said. He was still at the controls. The TARDIS hasn't fixed the date yet, nor the place, in fact. Doctor... Are you saying you're not sure about something? I asked him rather naughtily. He gave me a long-suffering sort of look. There's a village about a mile away, I added. We can stroll over there and find out where we are. The low sun would be in our eyes, so I went back for my dark glasses. They were a service-issue pair, and the doctor liked to tease me about them, saying the round lenses looked like goggles. It also occurred to me that it might very well be dark when we got back, so I dug out my navy torch as well, the one that Henry gave me. Just a small brass tube with a morse tapper, but it meant a lot. I put it in the pocket of my jacket. As the girl guides say, one should always be prepared. Big finish. We love stories. Now, cast your minds forward to October in the space year 2018. It's round about that time that you'll be encountering Doctor Who, The Early Adventures and Ideal World by Ian Potter, starring Maureen O'Brien and Peter Purvis. Many light years from Earth, a vast human spaceship hangs in orbit over a cloudy alien planet. The crew have been travelling in cryosleep for many years, looking for a habitable world to settle and have at last located one with potential. However, they're not the only people to have arrived in this place. The TARDIS has landed on the planet's surface too. Mm. The Doctor, Stephen and Vicky explore and quickly find themselves separated. But it isn't merely the hostile environment and rogue terraforming drones they'll have to deal with. Something else is living on this world, such and deadly and waiting to consume. <gasps> It's an ideal world, but ideal for whom? Is a flipping trailer. Look, it's Earth. One of those eras with trees. Ah, my dear Vicky, the astral map readings were quite clear. The Earth is trillions of miles from here. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Early Adventures. An Ideal World.
The Mayflower Program's goal is to locate and develop planets suitable for colonization in Earth's neighboring systems. With minimal terraforming, it could be fully habitable within 20 years. Doctor, the air? Yes, my dear. I'm afraid the oxygen is thinning. Without suits, there's not enough good air on the surface of T-19 to sustain human life longer than an hour. You're a contamination risk, Taylor. Something's coming down. It's going to crash. Negotiate with monsters, Kay. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Dear me. This is an act of war. Only if you resist. Oh, Vicky. Stephen. I'm so sorry. Big finish. We love stories. We welcome you. I love that trailer. I only heard it recently. Uh, there's some very exciting news arriving on the Big Finish website this week. Keep an eye out there mm. and on social media. Here's a hint. We hinted the other week, but no one seemed to notice. <laughs> I have a call. I'm sorry? I have a call. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Everyone loves fairy tales. Tales of simple, noble folk whose goodness just shines through no matter what. Citizens of Callus, good morning. This is your governor speaking. And finally, out in August, the 11th Doctor Chronicles starring Jake Dudman as the man of many, many voices, most notably the 11th Doctor himself. See if you can spot the guest stars too. Hmm. Here is a trailer. The calendar man can take it all, your years, your months, your days. Live each hour as if it lasts or he'll write your life away. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who, The Eleventh Doctor Chronicles. Someone has been killed every day for a month and I'm the only one who knows it. I'm Olivia Pamiak. Delighted to meet you. I'm the Doctor and this is Amy. Submit to my judgment, and not one more human life on this planet will be found wanting. If I agree, and you can't convict me, then you'll return the memories of everyone on this planet. Give back its history, deal? You're eager to see what's down in the dark, so now they all want to show they're not scared. But no, it's... it's the right thing to do. You! Me? Don't play the innocent doctor, whoever you are. I never forget a face, especially not one with an outstanding bar bill. The ink is as wet upon the warrant as on this page. Fight on and pray. Remember this humble author who reflected our England. Remember always your Miss Jane Austen. Big finish. We love stories. Because we're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one, yeah.
Just one more thing to add. Big finish day at the Quad in Derby on the 3rd of November 2018. Very nearly sold out of tickets. Did you see my sort of geezer oh, I video? loved it. It's so good. It's so good. Absolutely. Yeah. You ain't seen yeah, me. Just, you ain't seen me. That's what uh, Chris Griffin, our marketing guru, said. What we need is a video. I said, I'm on it. Phone straight Done. up. Yeah. You ain't seen me, right? Yeah. Big finish day, 3rd of November at the Quad Derby. We've only had very nearly sold out tickets. We had 17 left cool. as of yesterday, but, you know, I think Could it's going to be, be a sellout. Steve Hatcher said to me, yeah, I think it's going to be a sellout. It'd be nice so to have brilliant. a sellout. Definitely yeah. would be nice. Grab one of these tickets quickly to see top-line guests Sylvester McCoy and Louise Jameson, two of our favourite, favourite people. We have many favourite people, but that's that's two of they're, them. They're definitely uh, plus loads. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Plus loads of other great guests, including Bernice Summerfield herself, Lisa Bauman, our Lord and Master, Jason Hay-Gallery, and, 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 well, even Jamie Anderson, uh, David Richardson, Benji, and um, me. going to be great and, and fun, some, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. We'll, well, we'll, we're we'll gonna be, be live podcasting, up, won't we? We will. We're going to we'll, be we'll driving up, in up a van. there with a bunch of... Yeah, in a uh, van. We'll be men in a van with all the big finished CDs in the back. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? That's going to be... What fun, though. What what a giggle. What a giggle. Cut to us broken down on the motorway. I don't mean the car or the van. I mean us emotionally. Emo- yeah. I think both. I think it'll be both, I think. Yeah. The one will lead to the other quite naturally. Then what will happen is we won't be able to get there. Nobody will have any uh, any CDs. And there'll, there'll be a live podcast, which will be FaceTime of us both sitting at Cobham Services, uh, having a really horrible time uh, trying With to act overpriced cheery. overpriced food. Yeah, yeah like, ha- like, was it? They- I'll tell you what I did have there once. Was it Harry Ramsden uh, mozzarella burger? Which was the Get strangest? Out. Yeah, it was really nice actually. It was, it was, oh, okay. I mean, it was hideously right. overpriced, but uh, of you course. Know, yes. but you get if you're you thinking of buying one, folks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd say it's nice, but you, but you know, you could uh, just get a pat lunch. Um, but that's it for the news, <laughs> anyway. You know, that's that's. Thanks, mum. Che- cheers, mum. <laughs> cheers for the Kit Kat. She gave me a penguin this week. Um, but yeah, that's it for the news. You know, always for the nuggets. Great fun. Uh, but you know, we've got to get out of the way because I'm itching to get the big finish emails coming up very soon we delve behind i read that out loudly because i'd inadvertently typed it in capital letters for no looks good, good reason looks, looks good keep it coming up very soon <laughs> buck up uh we delve behind the scenes of big finish original jeremiah born in time but now as benji has so beautifully signaled it's time for listeners email doing a bit of sill there yes so if you want to message in because you clearly do you're sitting there right now you've got a pen and a paper you've written out your email um, and suddenly you realise oh no I can't post it anywhere what am I going to do you buffoon well fear not because there's this new thing it's called an email and essentially what you do is you, you, instead of having like a postal address you have this thing yes. called an email address what so you what? type in the word podcast uh, the yes. squiggly a the at yes. uh, big finish uh, dot com so it's podcast at big finish dot com and you send it there you click the send button and bang it's there we've got it really seriously yeah it's just like that well, I've uh, never heard the like oh well well you have now you certainly have now you tr- well you wait until you wait until I tell you about free phone calls that'll blow your mind as well <laughs> oh dear uh, John 
Joel, tell the cleaner that she, she's going to have to work overtime tonight. Yeah, cheers. <sighs> you Terrible. gender stereotyping there. No, the not necessarily. No, well, <laughs> John John could be the, the cleaner as well. They could be... He's in the room. He saw, he saw what happened. I, th- I think they're both cleaners, aren't they? John and Joan. Keep, keep digging. <laughs> <laughs> with, with me spared. Um, yes, so first up then on the, uh, the list of the emails... John, this is a huge email. <laughs> John Hogan here writes in to ask... When will Big Finish get the rights to Pigs in Space? I wonder, has this been prompted by what's going on at the... Is it the O2? Where yeah, the, yeah. The Muppets are performing and the various doctors are appearing. So good, so good. I, I must say, I knew about this absolutely ages ago because Tom Baker told me that he was going to be doing it. Has he done it yet? I don't think he's done it yet, but he's certainly on the list, isn't he? Well, they certainly asked him. I don't know whether they... That would be incredible. That would be awesome. And are they doing it in a Pigs in Space sketch, do you think? Yeah, yeah, the Doctors, it's it's in a Pigs in Space sketch. Yeah, I've seen David Tennant and Peter Davison uh, on there so far. I've not seen any of the others yet, but then maybe maybe I just haven't been looking. I saw a headline that said that a load of them are going to do it, but maybe it was a joke. Maybe it was fake news. Fake news. Uh, well, so pigs in space—that wonderful bit in the Muppet Show—that was probably not in it that much, but we all remember it so well. It was brilliant. I I like Do- was Doctor Bob. Tune in next week when you're oh, here, yeah. Doctor Bob. <laughs> Big Finish doing the Muppets would actually be really fun, but um, but you know, it's it's part of the, part We've of that. We've done the is... They're sort of similar. He yeah, said, they are sort of similar. copyright rules. Pigs in space. Anyway, next up, loads of questions from David Smith. Hi, Nick and Benji. Uh, been years since I last emailed. Emailed. Uh, usually because someone else emails in and asks the questions I'd like to the answers to, so I leave it. Well, I think that's fair enough, David. That's good. I do listen to your podcast each week. Thank you. Thank you very much. So you have a loyal listener, and your banter and wit often made me laugh out to myself whilst I'm working a night shift. What we're here Uh, for. Before the questions, I'll say I love the Big Finish app. My iPod is nothing without it. Promotion over, says David. No, carry on promoting. We don't mind. Now to the questions. Firstly, I've heard no mention of any other Third Doctor box sets. I'm guessing there must be more in the works. Tim Trelaw's take on the Third Doctor has converted me into an ardent follower. I'd love to hear more adventures. They really do capture the feeling of the era through amazing scripts and sound design. More, please. Uh, yes, we are doing more. We haven't mentioned it, we, but we will be mentioning it soon. Be recording some in October, I believe. My second question concerns the fifth Doctor companion, Turlow, played by Mark Strickson. I've missed Mark's character, who's been with Big Finish since the second release, Phantasmagoria, so any hints on his return would be much appreciated. I can now hint that he is returning. That's all I'm hinting about. Uh, They've been recorded. I'm looking towards pre-ordering the eighth series of Fourth Doctor Adventures. Okay, it's going to happen, whatever. But noticed that box set 8B has a release date the month after 8A. Is that right? Does it mean that I'll not hear the booming tones of Tom Baker for another 10 months after that? Or is something else planned? Um, I think now they're coming out in box sets. They're coming out quicker. But it's still the same number of releases. 
Uh, finally, I know it's under wraps, but could you give anything away on the Big Finish Doctor Who comic strip adaptations? Will it cover a spread of Doctors? Will it just be Doctor Who weekly strips or other older publications? If you won't say now, will you announce it at Big Finish Day in November? I think we probably will announce it at Big Finish Day in November or, or maybe before that. But uh, yeah, can't say anything else, David. Thanks for your understanding. Yes, I know it's a few questions, but I've been saving them up. Sorry, please don't apologise. That's what we're here for, to answer your questions so thank you for emailing in david uh, so that's it once again thanks for everyone's hard work and dedication to all that they do i look forward to the many releases and projects to come see you at big finish day see you there david see you there now this one here is from our regular contributor michael house dear nick and benji Having listened to more great stories about Norton Folgate and Yvonne Hartman in rapid succession, I wonder in how... In with that, is it? Oh, yeah, in tortured that would be, yes. Uh, I wonder how the latter took over from the former. I reject any suggestion that there was an orderly, peaceful transfer of power. <laughs> My apologies if this is so obvious that everyone has already thought of it, and I am the last one to know. Be seeing you, Michael House. Well, well here's, here's, uh, here's the answer. Well, we've got an answer here from uh, Torture producer James Goss. Uh, look at that service, isn't it? Um, the candid answer is that we'd love to explore more of Norton Folgate's time at Torchwood 1, and probably will. I wouldn't imagine he would still have been working there when Yvonne arrived, as he was there in the 1950s, and Yvonne was in command of Torchwood in the early 2000s. Even Norton wouldn't stay in the job for 50 years. I'd imagine Torchwood London had a glorious first few decades, a dip in the late 60s, uh, a resurgence in the 90s uh, when they moved to Canary Wharf. I'd love to know who ran Torchwood in the 80s. I hope that helps. Yeah, I wonder who ran Torchwood in the 80s. You think, think it was Margaret Thatcher? <laughs> Br- Brigadier Bambera. Um, ah, yeah. <laughs> and here's a final one from... from our, Yes, we just couldn't resist this one from Big Al Alex Pass. Big Al. Dear Nickel Ass Briggs and Bendy Clipboard. Ha ha ha. I'm loving the new Who spin-off sets and I'm sure Lady Christina is gonna be just as good can we expect a Worlds of Doctor Who set at some point perhaps a box set with new unit River Song Jenny and Lady Christina taking on some new series monsters just imagine winky emoji P.S. Picarama sounds awesome and is definitely going on my places to visit list happy times and places from Big Al yep him again sent from my martian tripod it's always worth reading those i love those little little things they're great fun aren't they um alex yes uh pecorama of course uh, my son interrupted the podcast last week to uh to say that that's where he was going it's a little sort of fun park for children in the west country the southwest um uh, no specific news on a worlds of new doctor who yet um, but something of that ilk is heading your way at a, 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 a Warp 9, Captain. I, I don't know why I did a Star Trek reference there. It's nothing to do with Star why Trek. Not? It's all to do with Doctor Who. But yeah, I think not everything you suggest will be happening, but s- s- some of those things and more other things. <laughs> That's the most rubbish tease ever. Uh, some little bits of raffia will, that you left on the sideboard. Um, <laughs> but yes, they're only yeah. just a night before, about tea time. 
<laughs> uh, you know what I'm referring I know, to. Exactly, the yeah. There, there will be be rumours of of things going astray, and <laughs> and and friends will, will will lose their their brothers' hammers uh, that that were put there only just the night before around around tea time, <laughs> and there'll it's be Michael a, a Payton, strange confusion it? as to where things really are. The uh, <laughs> things with the sorts of linear uh, raffia, raffia base. <laughs> I love That's it amazing. so much. I'm so pleased you know that. Uh, I, that do you know what? That I I can quote that film inside out. I I watch. I just it's like one of my things. I have to watch it every year. I love it so much. Oh yeah, such a good film. It's, just have, it's on uh, Netflix. And uh, God, goodness me, you know how Netflix does. Because you watched, would you like to watch so and so? And I can't remember what it was. I watched. I watched some sort of really hard um, spy thriller, gritty action thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then it said because you watched this film. Perhaps you'd like to watch Life of Brian. I thought, what on earth has that got in common? <laughs> yeah, it's a film. That's just about it. It's a film, and you've got it on Netflix. I think whatever algorithm algorithms at work there has, has gone severely tonto. Well, it's, it's one of the things I've, I've got um, Netflix and Amazon Prime, um, and I've been watching a lot more Prime actually lately. But on that one, I'm currently working my way through the Lord of the Rings films because I've never seen them before. Um, mm. I just never got round to it. Um, I've, I've I've seen them, but I didn't stay awake during them. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, and I, actually, I'm, funnily enough, I'm enjoying them a lot more than when I I watched half of the first one, The Fellowship, when it was out or something. And I, think, I I literally did not off during that in the cinema. Me and me and my dad, I think we 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 rented it, and then me and my we just turned it off halfway through and did other things. Um, but, but people what, love it, so who am I? You know, well, watching it back now, I really like it. But um, yeah, on there, for some reason, on, on my Prime thing, it, it on my watch list, which I've no idea what that even is. Um, it keep it just says Pingu, just keeps saying your watch list Pingu. I think, well, what? Why is that? I've no idea how to get rid of it. I've no idea why it's there. So every some time kind I'm of Lord of the Rings Pingu crossover, I've no idea. But um, it's very odd. <laughs> so every time I turn the TV on, if I've got other people there, it's like. Yeah, let's uh, let's watch a bit of uh, let's watch some some cool drama. Turn it on. Your watch list, Pingu. Oh, great! Makes me look like a right character. Um, so, someone's having a laugh at your expense, aren't they? They certainly are. But you know, talking of expenses, the beauty of a competition is that you don't need to spend any money because that's the whole point of a competition so now it is time to delve into the competitions and and see maybe somebody's won something who knows it could be you first we wind up our Callan competition which i can tell you is the most popular competition we've oh. ever run yeah so the prize Callan volume one the question yes the question uh, Edward Woodward the played the role of Callan in the original TV series. What American TV crime series did he star in? The subject line, A Man Alone. The closing date, Friday the 20th of July in the space year 2018. Did you know why why the subject line was A Man Alone? No, but um, I, I seem to... It's a, really I think it's the name... Go on, what? Sorry. I was going to say, I think um, uh, A Man Alone. I'm going to have a look now. Is the name of a song on the Ipcrest file soundtrack? Is it's it? got a really, re- yes, it is, and it's got a really, really good. Um, uh, st- oh yeah, it's got it on now. Really good bongo drums in it. Oh, love it. Sorry, just well, just that was. Uh, but the Ipcrest file, of course, is, it has some great similarities to the whole Callan thing, doesn't it? Certainly Harry does. Harry Palmer, sort of the anti-hero. 
Um, but uh, there was also um, a single released by Edward Woodward. <laughs> really? No him way. Singing the ca- the, with him singing the Callan theme. God. And it was all about a man alone, I think. How, how brilliant, though. Oh, yeah. I love it. I think I'm right in saying that. Anyway... Uh, the entirely randomly selected winner is Richard Brink Johnson, who says quite correctly, Edward Woodward starred in the US crime series The Equalizer. My postal delivery address, as listed on my Big Finish account, is as follows. Well, it's somewhere in Walsall, West Midlands, UK, redacted, redacted. Uh, many thanks, Richard Brink Johnson. There we are. Yeah, congratulations, well Richard. Nice one. So, Cheryl and our warehouse will be sending you the CD box set, and Nick has already dropped the download into your digital account with us, so... Yes, I got a um, uh, confirmation email from Cheryl just before we started recording this, saying, yeah, she was sending it out. So there we go. It's, it's, all, it's all being taken care of. The arrangements are in place. Uh, and if you didn't win that one, or even if you did win that one, we have got another competition for you. So, the prize, Jeremiah Born in Time. The question... Name the big Finnish Doctor Who story in which Jeremiah Bourne, writer and star Nigel Planer, encountered some deadly vegetation. The subject line, Killer Cucumber. Uh, The closing date, Friday the 3rd of August in the space year 2018. That's right, and the the subject line is not Kill a Cucumber, it's... it's Killer Cucumber. There's no way you can tell when you just read out, Kill a Cucumber, Murder of Carrots. <laughs> Massacre the, the 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 runner beans, the radishes. I love radishes. I'm radishes mad about are them. Good, yeah. I do like a radish. I, t- I, t- I had French radishes for the first time the other day. Well, that sounds They're rather nice. Different shape, but exactly the same taste. Anyway, I'll uh, just <laughs> let you know the winner will be entirely randomly selected on that date, the third of August, twenty eighteen. It's download only as a release, actually, so no need to supply your postal address. If you win and you have a Big Finish account, we'll drop the release in there for you. If you win and you don't have a Big Finish account, we'll send you the sound files via a link, so no worries there. And good luck to you all. And that is the end of the emails. You've got to admit, absolute crackers in there. Competitions Mm. galore. Uh, You know, rather wonderful. So I think seeing as the emails are done now, we're going to go in the garden and I think I'll plant some more in my little soil there there we go mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully they'll grow in time I mean there's not a lot of rain that's the only problem because you know mm. there's uh, is there too much water or not enough who knows and hopefully by next week the email trees will be spouting with more of your wonderful letters hmm. spouting spouting is that sprouting sprouting spouting no stop stop god yes sprouting yes Coming up soon, the Randomoid Selectatron, where we select something random from the Big Finish archive to chatulate about. That's a new word I've just invented. Chatulation. It's like congratulating yourself with a bit of chat. Congratulations. In the meantime, hot on the heels of announcing, although I spelt that incorrectly, there's a letter missing, isn't there? Uh, A chance for you to win Jeremiah Born in Time. Here's something to whet your appetite as we delve into a spoiler-free, tantalising glimpse behind the scenes of that very, very release. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of Jeremiah Born in Time. I sometimes feel like I'm one of those cobbled-together bits of furniture. The legs from one place and the brain from somewhere else. I'm like what's called a category error, you know? Neither one thing nor the other. 
Sometimes, I feel like there are bits of me that actually are a hundred years old. It started about a year ago when I was working on a series of H.G. Wells adaptations and we were making The First Men in the Moon and uh, Nigel Planer was starring in it and we broke for a cup of tea and I was just standing around in the green room here at the Soundhouse Studios chatting to Nigel and he mentioned that he had this idea for a radio audio series he'd been working on which had also at one stage he'd been working on as a book as well called Jeremiah Born in Time. He described it to me and I thought it sounded lovely. So we did the recording, we left it that he'd get in touch with me and he emailed me what he'd been working on, the the scripts as far as, far as he'd got, the book as far as he'd got. And I read those and I thought it was absolutely delightful. It fitted quite comfortably with what we were doing at Big Finish in that it's quite loosely, I guess, science fiction. I, I say loosely because the science fiction elements are the things that get Jeremiah from A to B, but once he's within the story world, um, what happens to him isn't really science fiction as such. It just had a lovely tone. And the thing that attracted me most, actually, was the fact that I wanted to spend time with Jeremiah. I found him a really lovely, engaging person. So I went to our executive producers, Nick Briggs and Jason Haygallery, said that I'd read this, thought it would be a great thing for us to make, and um, got an instant reply, yes, if Nigel's up for it, let's do it. Hello, I'm Nigel Planer, and I'm playing Dr Henry Davenant Hive, and I'm also the writer of the series. I first had the idea to do Jeremiah Bourne shortly after I, I worked on the Doctor Who Live show. I enjoyed that so much. There was a live show. I played Vorgensen, and in fact, Nick Briggs of Big Finish played Winston Churchill and other parts in that live show of Doctor Who. And we had a real ball, and I came away from that thinking I should have my own time-travelling character. It would be fun to write. The genre would be fun. And so I set about writing Jeremiah Bourne as a book, which I did three drafts of, and it was a bit of a mess. And then a year or two later, I was working for Big Finish, as I sometimes do, doing voices for the Doctor Who series, or I think this was an H.G. Wells series, with David Richardson, the producer. And I mentioned Jeremiah Bourne to him exactly a year ago now, and they said they'd have a look. The book was, as I say, a bit of a rambling mess so I'd written a like a 20 page summary of it and um, he, he said yes let's have we'll have four hours of that the crucial sort of turning point for the project is he put me in touch with Johnny Johnny Morris who script edited it and that's a very important role because the book was beginning to get larger and larger but it was a bit aimless and the good thing about a script editor especially one like Johnny is they will keep you to the point and tell you what to cut. I'm Jonathan Morris and I'm the script editor of Jeremiah Born in Time. Although all the characters and situations in the story are in the, the novel that Nigel wrote, I think it's picaresque the word, where Jeremiah was kind of wandering around meeting the people and I was sort of keen to give it an actual sort of a narrative push. So you have the first push of Jeremiah trying to work out how to get home and how time travel works and then you have the second push of the villain, Henry Davenant Hive, what he's up to and 
why that's a great threat and why Jeremiah and the various allies he makes have to stop him, which wasn't in the novel. That was something that came out of discussions with Nigel. And so you could say that the story was already there, but I just added a plot. I'm Barnaby Edwards, and I'm the director of Jeremiah Born in Time. I knew that I wanted Nigel to play our sort of villain of the piece, Henry Davenant Hyde. So I, I sort of knew I had him in place, and I kind of thought that the Jem's dad should be played by Chris Ryan, who was also in The Young Ones with him. I thought that would be just a sweet thing, and I spoke to Nigel about it, and he said, oh, I can't think of anyone better to play that. So that was sweet. I kind of had those two in place, and then I thought, let's see if we can get some more people who are from that world to fit in very neatly, and that's... Uh, Nigel recommended Sophie Thompson. Sophie's one of my favourite, favourite actresses of all time, so I was thrilled that we got Sophie. And Nigel and I both independently came up with Tim McInerney as well because we knew we wanted him. So they all pieced together. And then the Grouts, I kind of knew that I wanted Tim Bentick and I knew I wanted Annette Badland. And I was very lucky. that I mean, they're both mates, so I was lucky to get them. And uh, David Richardson recommended Siobhan Redmond, who, again, I'd sort of grown up, and she's part of that set. She was in Alfresco in the sort of 80s and 90s. She was very much of that scene, uh, comedy scene. So it's not because I've chosen them because they're great comic actors, although they are great comic actors. It's because they are all of a piece and they kind of understand Nigel's humour. And so once we had that core team in to play all this sort of extraordinary, eccentric characters in this story, I then sort of thought, right, we need, obviously, and Nigel and I spent a long time discussing various different people, various different ways you could take Jem, this teenager who suddenly discovers he has the abilities to travel through time. And I think we initially talk about maybe we should get a, a, a genuine teenager to do it. But the problem is Jem is in every single scene and it's a hell of an ask for uh, a genuine teenager to support and hold down the entire thing. Because much in the manner of, of Gormenghast, where you have one central character who is the normal person and we see this story through their eyes and all the eccentrics and all their wonderful paraphernalia of eccentricities are seen through his eyes, but you need that central normal character. This is the same. You have to have like a normal character right at the heart of it. And I'd initially thought of Sebastian for it, and then we kind of in our heads had a sort of, you know, maybe we shouldn't go with the initial thought, and we kind of thought about some other people, and then again, as we were sort of passing ideas about uh, over the internet, we kept coming back to Sebastian who's an actor I've known for years. We, we did uh, weekly rep together in, in the grand old days, and he's since gone on to be villains in Broadchurch and in Star Wars and hundreds of other franchises, Poldark and whatever. He has a wonderful innocence, but he's also got a fantastic facility for comedy. He's so brilliant at doing really subtle things, which has utterly brought Jem to life. My name's Sebastian Armesto, and I play Jeremiah Bourne. Episode one, scene three, take one. I see him. Speak to us. I see him too. He's here. What? What just happened? What is your name, O oh spirit? Um, I'm Jeremiah Bourne. Who the hell are you? Language, please, young man. You may be dead, but that is no reason not to mind your P's and Q's. Quite right, Mrs. Stokes. It's a really original way of doing a time travel story because there's no time machine. So I think that that sort of censurary 
method of time travel is rather uh, lovely and obviously quite close to how we can travel back to our own memory sort of sensorily you know through smells and old places that we've been to before we started casting it the one role i was really concerned how we had to get right was jeremiah because you follow the whole story through his eyes and indeed seb has been in the booths recording for pretty much solidly for the whole four days i have to say i mean he, he was saying he hadn't done much radio which i find absolutely astonishing because what he's doing is just brilliant he's finding so much color He's bringing so much to the lines, and he did exactly what I what I hoped whoever played that role would do, which is make you want to be with them. It's exciting stuff coming very very soon. Great script, great cast, superb director, lovely sound design and music, lovely theme, which you've heard playing at the top of this podcast, and and possibly even now. Why not? Here it is now. Mm, very good. Don't miss it. Right then now, brace yourselves for the Randomoid Selectatron. Cue that epic music. Right. So we're in there. Number 607, the Anachronauts. There we go. The Anachronauts. I remember that title. When was this this released? Uh, It's Companion Chronicles. This one was released January 2012. Is it by Simon Gellier? It most certainly is. Yes, I thought he, he got on a roll with this whole uh, Sarah Kingdom and uh, Stephen Taylor stuff, doesn't he? An experimental time shit smashes into the TARDIS. Smash! Bang. Smash! And the crews of both ships... <laughs> we, we forgot to do that for the emails again. Oh, never mind. The, the ceremony <laughs> of bell. The TARDIS bell is going again. <laughs> uh, the crews of both ships wake up on a desert island. Has the TARDIS been destroyed and why doesn't the Doctor want to escape? Then Stephen and Sarah find themselves on the wrong side of the Berlin Wall in 1966 and oh their dear. only way back to the TARDIS is to betray the Doctor. Wow. It's crazy stuff here, isn't it? I mean, Simon Gurrier has such an immense imagination. Have you ever heard this one? I've not heard this one, must confess. I don't don't think I heard... Well, I don't remember hearing it. Here's the trailer, anyway. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The Companion Chronicles. The Anachronauts. It's a desert island. Something on the edge of my perception. Watching our every step. The time sprite glared at us with huge black eyes. Her skin shimmering as if made of silver. The universe is big enough for anything to be possible. Impossible! It's impossible! Nothing could stop the wall of noise. It's the Brandenburg Gate. Then you know where we are. Berlin, 1966. Behind us, guns. And dogs, unseen figures, the sound of their heavy boots on tarmac. We didn't even know what we were running from. Unthinkable! History used like a gun! Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com I love a bit of Sarah Kingdom, though, so I'm going to have to delve into that one. And stuff as well, like stuff about the Berlin Wall and things like that, you know, it's all interesting. That's the thing. 
so yeah you know check that one out so yes uh, also um, i'd just like to say gene marsh has always been such a pleasure to work with peter purvis uh, doing loads with us what an and, icon and being being so positive about his work with us which is lovely i think i've said before that the, the peter purvis thing for me is always odd because having watched him in um uh, blue peter all those years ago he just hearing his voice just always makes me feel like i'm watching kids tv again it's incredible there's a most lovely lovely photo of them both in the behind the scenes bit actually together it's a really nice photo yeah oh let's have a look uh behind the scenes it's always worth looking oh isn't that lovely it's really nice isn't it yeah Uh, together with a list of the episodes the island the door the wall the betrayer here we go Simon Guerrier is an author of many Doctor Who books and things very creative fellow done loads of audios for Big Finish yeah I think we highly recommend that don't we definitely yeah give it give it a whirl why not eh why not so cheers Ran always uh, deliver the goods and uh, we'll be seeing you next week for more goods I suppose Mm. I keep doing that at the end of all my segments though Mm. Mm. Stop the, mm, yes. mm. like you're eating and so then as the podcast gently flaps its tender wings and soars off into the sky only to be hit by a passing drone delivering DVDs to Nick so that he can watch something to talk about in the Benji and Nick show podcast yes this week the one game the one game just in time for Nick and I to make up an outrageous trailer for this podcast. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, a podcast released on the 22nd of July, 2018. I'm Nicholas Briggs. And I'm Benji Clifford here. We have got a action-packed bunch of releases, starting off with Star Trek Prometheus. I can't even say it. Star Trek Prometheus. Callan, 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 Volume 1. Torchwood Instant Karma. Torchwood One Machines. Nil. We, we also talk about Jeremiah Bourne and the First Doctor. We, we do, yes. Well, um, um, the, in the news, we have a trailer for The Darkened Earth, a short trips release, Doctor Who Early Adventures, an Ideal World trailer, uh, and, and also a tease of something a bit time warish. Mm. And the 11th Doctor Chronicles. The Chronicles are very good. Out in August, and there's a trailer. Hmm. And we go behind the scenes with uh, with uh, Jeremiah Bourne. And we do. And our drama tease this week is The First Doctor. So you really do have a lot of bang for your buck. And by your buck, I mean it's free. Just give us a listen and enjoy. Well, you know, there were some good bits in there. It was there, awful, wasn't it? Really? We didn't, it wasn't our <laughs> finest hour. But, uh, but still, you know, a great podcast. It is, yeah. It's not bad, is it? Not bad. Yeah. You know, we're putting up with that. Sort yeah. of, you know. Fine. Time now to tease you with the first 15 minutes of The Invention of Death by John Dorney. He didn't actually invent death, it's just the title. He's got a lot to answer for if he he did. Yeah, I mean, John, what have you gone and done? Uh, (laughs) Yes, it's The First Doctor Adventures, starring David Bradley.
Adjust to 10%. Calibrate residual dampeners. Aha! Oh, yes, very good. Very good indeed. Um, mm. What exactly are you trying to do, Doctor? What? Oh, incredibly advanced temporal engineering, dear boy. You wouldn't understand. You could always try explaining it to us. I could always try explaining trigonometry to an earthworm, Miss Wright, but that would hardly mean it could comprehend Pythagoras' theorem. Now, let me see. Now, um, Charming. Um, 1.3, carry the 2. Grandfather, you're being rude. I am. Nonsense, child. Don't be ridiculous. Grandfather. Eh? Oh, am I? Perhaps a little. Oh, well, in that case, you have my apologies. It's simply that I'm most excited by this new hypothesis. I'm afraid that when I get engaged with the possibility, the societal niceties can somewhat slip my mind. Yes, we've noticed. Now, where was I? Ah, yes... Could you at least give us a faint idea of what you're trying to do, though, Grandfather? I mean, it might give us peace of mind. What's that? Broad terms. Some vague idea of what you're attempting to achieve. A generalisation. Oh, well, that could be feasible. I suppose I could always manage an, an, an approximation of layman's terms of a sort. All right, then. Let's try that. You're aware of the principle of a slingshot. A slingshot? That's a weapon for throwing stones, isn't it? In biblical times. I suppose the equivalent for us would be a child's catapult. I've confiscated plenty of those in my day. Young Master Thompson in the third form managed to supply me with seven all in his own. Ah, uh, no, no. I I'm talking about the navigational principle. Navigational principle? <laughs> no, you've lost me. A gravitational slingshot, where you use the gravity of a celestial object to accelerate the speed of your craft. It means you can achieve much greater speeds without using up anywhere near as much fuel. Precisely. Spaceships find it particularly useful as a method of executing a sort of about-turn in space. You loop around the planet, then shoot off back the way you came at a vastly increased velocity. I think we're going to have to take your word for that. It is a little outside my field of expertise. Uh, so you can understand why I was hesitant about supplying the details in the first place, can't you? And that's what you're trying to do? Loop us around a planet? Uh, yes and no, Barbara. Yes and no. I'm trying to make the same effect work temporarily. A time slingshot instead of a gravitational one? Uh, quite so, quite so, as a means of returning these two young people home. The precise method is a little complex, but the idea is generally sound. We've only recently left Earth, so a temporal slingshot should spin us around 180 degrees in a chronological sense and back to their home planet again, just a little closer to their own time. It does sound promising. What little of it I can understand. It certainly does. Yeah, there's no point in something merely sounding promising. The proof of the pudding is in the eating, is it not? You mean you're ready to do it now? I believe I have completed the necessary calculations, yes. Right. I see. And I intend to test them out at once. At once? Are you really sure that's wise, Grandfather? What? Of course it's wise. Everything I do is wise. Why dilly-dally, child? Do you not have faith in my abilities? Hmm? <laughs> of course I do, Grandfather. It's just that you have occasionally made mistakes in the past. Nonsense. From time to time. Oh, balderdash. 
Every instance where I've made a mistake, I've known precisely what I was doing, if not more so. The problem has always been events outside of my control. Perhaps if I check through what you've worked out. Oh, don't be ridiculous. The further we travel away from Earth, the less chance there is of this working. There is literally no time like the present. Or, in this case, uh, the past. Or do, do I mean the future? Well, there's only one way to find out. Now, Doctor... Everything you hear, Chesterton. I still have to guide us in safely. Well, looks like we've landed. I presume that wasn't what was supposed to happen. Of course it was. Whatever gave you that impression? I was in control the whole time. Were you? I never claimed it would be a simple procedure. But the landing... Was very well executed, wasn't it, Ian? Well, yes. As crash landings go. Exactly. The first attempt at anything always veers towards the dramatic. It's teething problems, that's all. So is this Earth? In 1963? Uh, possibly, very possibly. I'll, I'll check the readings. Try the scanner, would you, Susan? Of course, Grandfather. Rolling green hills, blue sky. It certainly looks like Earth. Like a few places I holidayed in when I was a boy. The Peak District, perhaps. Doctor? Um, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, Chesterton. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think it is Earth at all. The readings are completely wrong for your world. It's far too small for a start. Some similarities in appearance and atmosphere, but I'm afraid we're quite some way across the galaxy. Oh, pity. It was a nice idea while it lasted. Well, I'm not sorry. I mean, of course I don't like your being upset, but I really don't want you to leave any time soon. I'd miss you. Oh, Susan, of course. I'd miss you too. I'm sure we'd all miss each other, but, you know, home is where the heart is. I can't have compensated correctly for the increased power. That would have altered the exit calculations, of course. It's so childishly simple. You're not thinking of trying again? Uh, me? No, no, not immediately. It's impossible. The physics would only really work if the TARDIS were leaving your planet, you see. Uh, exactly, but, but, but that's easily solved. We just have to head for Earth again. Something wrong, Doctor? Uh, no, I, um... Look at 
and watch. When I wave my hand through the beam, it changes. The tone changes. I thought that too. What does it signify? I am not sure. Some kind of unprecedented disturbance in the ether. Let me try. On the hill. Whatever this change is, it has happened on the hill. And, um, finally an issue with K-73. K-73? Oh, oh dear. Oh dear, that, that, that's not very good at all. I had a feeling it might not be. Seventeen separate problems in all, I make it. Now, must we really make this a new medical issue, young lady? Does it really matter precisely how many instruments are at fault? We can't take off, that's the trouble. So, major repairs then? It's not as bad as you might think. Most of those systems are self-repairing, or easy fixes. So what are we worrying about? It might take some time, and possibly some local resources. Not mercury, I trust? Uh, ah, uh, no, 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 in, in this case, I, I think not. So it's lucky we've landed somewhere so hospitable. Oh, oh, certainly, Miss Wright, certainly. We should be able to find everything we need somewhere on this world. It's certainly able to support life. There appears to be a civilization here. Excellent. Then we may be able to barter for what we require. That should speed up the process immeasurably. So we should probably go and talk to them. Ah, maybe it's best if just the doctor and I go. I'm sorry. You want us to stay here? Well, we haven't exactly been lucky with the new species we've encountered so far now, have we? Probably best we take a more guarded approach. Not every species is aggressive, Ian. For every Dalek we've met, there's been a sensor out. Even so, Susan, I think Chesterton is quite correct. We wouldn't want you putting yourself in any danger. We've rescued you just as often as you've rescued us. Uh, that, that may be the case, but I'm afraid, Miss Wright, that on this matter I am quite firm. Discretion is the better part of valour. Come along, young man. It looks like quite a balmy day out there. I don't believe we'll need any special clothing. Right you are, Doctor. Well, of all the nerve... Smell that air. Yes, yes, most pleasant. And such a sunny day. It might not be the Peak District, but it's certainly like summer holidays back home, with just enough of a breeze to take the edge off the heat. Those look like dwellings down there, wouldn't you say? Buildings, certainly. Not terribly advanced from the look of them. Uh, perhaps not, but it should be enough to be going on with. Follow me. This way. Well, there they go. And so will we in a minute or two. We're going to follow them. Do you want to stay cooped up in here all day long? No, but... Then we don't really have much choice, do we? They'll need us sooner or later, you mark my words. We'll give them enough time to get clear. Then we'll go after them. <sighs> all right, I suppose... Doctor, stop. Hey, what is it? Over there, some kind of translucent figure on the ground. Is that a life form, do you think? Hard to say. 
You don't often see alien species that you can, uh, well, see through, if you pardon my expression. I suppose it could be a bizarre piece of modern art. No obvious internal organs. Well, that doesn't necessarily preclude life. No, like an amoeba, say. Actually, that's what it looks like. Like an amoeba. A vaguely humanoid-shaped amoeba. That would seem an apt description. A kind of unicellular anthropoid. Is that possible? Oh, anything is possible. The universe is a large place. Evolution could have taken an odd turn. Well, there appears to be some movement, alive if not actually alert. Asleep, maybe? Uh, perhaps. If it was sunbathing, it would have registered us by now. Do you think we should wake it? Oh, I'm, I'm not convinced that would be the ideal plan for initiating contact. Few beings are at their best immediately after being roused from slumber. I suppose not. So should we press on? See if we can find another one of these creatures up and about? An excellent idea. This way, we appear to be on the right track. It's a good job you told me this wasn't Earth. I could very easily be convinced. It's practically making me homesick. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I only really got to see London in your time period. Grandfather and I always meant to travel. Maybe you still can. If he works out how to get us back there, you could come and visit us whenever you liked. Hey, <laughs> that's a thought. Comforting, isn't it? Mm. Did you see which way they went? Down there, I think. Then let's see where they've got to. Another one. Dead to the world. Well, not dead. You know what I mean. Indeed I do. That's five of them now. You think that's what life's like on this world? Mainly based around sleep? Hmm. Could be. Could be. Although we're still some way from that settlement. Things might be very different that... Chesterton. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate and review us. Ah, thank you.